Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold. And of course, the brother from another mother, Alan Witch is in the house. How's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic, Mr. Chris. Thank you so much. Great introduction. How are you doing today? Awesome. We just came off, um, as you know, uh, a great mastermind. And uh, it was a fantastic few days with folks. Uh, the needles are already, like, you know, moving. And just the collaboration. Very excited about it. Very excited about what happened. Um, and very excited about, you know, that's just the beginning, which is crazy. Crazy. But anyway, very excited about it. Yeah, we're very fortunate. I mean, there's been a there's been a lot of people that have come across our our bandwidth over the years, and uh, you know, monetizing that for the lack of a better word, because uh, it's not all about monetization. It's about building that relationship and really being able to offer sure. value. And it all kind of came to fruition in the last you know last small percentage. A lot of build up, a lot of work, a lot of work behind the scenes, and all of a sudden it came oh, to of fruition. And a lot there's of always work. Yeah, there yeah, is always work. And a lot of people were on this podcast. Yeah, really absolutely. Cool. Podcast has been absolutely. That, you know. And, yeah, and we're building you know great relationships. In fact, we have a guest coming back on because we kept the uh, relationship alive. And you know, I I, I really enjoyed the show we did. Uh, just at you know really the infancy of where we uh, were, and you know comparison to where we are now on C-suite radio, which is always exciting, uh, because we had you know some great time spent with uh, C-suite and, and Jeffrey Hazlett and and his team. So that was uh, that was extraordinary. It was fantastic. What a what an uptick in 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 our business and, and what we're doing. And for sure, we for like sure. to help elevate other people. It's nice for us to get to get that, that uh, uptick too. So it's been a really good experience. And I'll tell For you, sure. we're bringing that bang back to everybody on our show. Yeah. We're elevating that up. So it's gonna it's be, coming. So it's gonna be yeah. a good platform, good program. Well, yeah, we've got some news coming out, but let's get at it. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's rock it out. I don't know how many shows again. I, I didn't count back, but it's been a number. But our guest was on our show kind of way back when. And I don't wanna say it was really truly our infancy, but it was really kind of truly our infancy. And uh, and this guest is uh, he, he's a he's a young fella and uh, doing some amazing things. He's got a company, My Campus Hacks. He's offering a, a technology to a, a demographic of of people that is is fantastic. Started in 
in the California area and is now going globally. And I'm excited to hear what he's done and where he's been since the last time he was on the show. And that's going to be a really kind of a cool thing for us to be able to see his journey and uh, not only where he's been, but where he's going. So without uh, without further ado, Rafi Chowdhury, welcome back to Think Bold, Be Bold. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I'm so glad to be here. Hi, Rafi. Always good to hear uh, your voice. And, you know, you're always up to something pretty cool. And uh, as Alan said, you know, that's what we knew you were doing. But I'm sure, you know, you've got uh, uh, some news to, you know, provide. And, and why don't we jump into that? So since we uh, interviewed you and if we roll back just, say, a year ago, uh, just for argument's sake, um, you know, what's happened within that year? For sure. Um, let's see. Let's start with first outside of business. I think about a year ago when we spoke, I was living in Los Angeles, That's California. Right. <clears throat> then I traveled around a little bit. I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee for a little bit. And then now I'm back to my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Gotcha. Um, life's been pretty good, pretty steady. Trying to stay, stay fit and healthy while maintaining business and family relationships and things like that. And within the business world, um, so the digital marketing consultancy agency eventually started evolving into a PR agency. Um, <laughs> so I've been running PR for for the last year and a half now, uh, more or less. And that has now involved a little bit also and is now turning into a consulting slash coaching program where instead of doing it for people, I am teaching people how to do press coverage Beautiful. for themselves and how to build their personal brand. And that's really it. That's that's really been the main main focus right now. So you that's went amazing. on a little bit of a journey there. You did a not a pivot but a but a growth a growth piece. Tell us about some of the uh some of the challenges that that, that were popped up because of that uh because of that progression in your growth? Sure. Challenge is that my team has grown. I have had a team of basically three people uh, until now. So now I have a full-time virtual team of six. Um, so we've got a couple of few writers actually that are on staff. Uh, there's a few, few writers we work with as a, um, as a, on a contract basis, we've got a couple of project managers, and then we have designer um, on board. And so, obviously, operationally, it's been a lot more difficult for me internally. I'm just kind of managing some of those people. I feel like I'm having to work a lot more in my business rather than on on the business again. And um, and then obviously the challenges have been, you know, as with anything in the PR world expectation and reality oftentimes don't really match up well. So it's very, very difficult to, you know, numerate expectations in PR. And um, so a lot of times there have been situations where things didn't turn out the way a potential client might have, might have seen. And, and that's been, that's been a challenge just trying to figure out, you know, how to set the right expectations within, within something that's so hit or miss. 
a lot of times. Um, but besides that, it's been it's been good, man. It's been a it's been a pretty fun journey. It's definitely very, um, you know, I get an adrenaline rush from doing PR because you never know if you can do it or not. It's just um, just a challenge. Every order is a new challenge. It is. It is very much so. Very much so. What are some of the, uh, what's your, and I, and I know everybody has a few of these things, but um, what's your, your, your avatar, your target market? Who's the, the demographic that you like, that, that you like the most, that you've got the real big connection with, that you want to continue to serve and grow? Yeah. So there's two types of demographics that I'm targeting. The first one being a coach, consultant, or a public speaker. Because if you think about these guys, you know, credibility means a lot for them. For them to be able to say that they've been featured in Bloomberg, you know, as seen on the Wall Street Journal or Forbes or Inc. or Entrepreneur, can literally mean that they can now charge maybe another few grand more for their speaking gigs. You know, that could mean that they land a gig somewhere, um, you know, that they wouldn't otherwise never hope being able to land, and then that could mean literally an extra thirty, fifty thousand dollars for them on that weekend. Just for you know, speakers typically charge a lot of good speakers to uh, thirty to fifty grand on a single speaking event. And so that's my biggest target. And then I'm also targeting startup founders, uh, in particular people that run ICO startups. If you're familiar with ICOs, their initial coin offerings. Mm -hmm. so these are companies that that are more interested in, you know, bypassing some of these fundraising rules and regulations by offering their coins in exchange for, you know, Bitcoins or Ethereum or other different other types of cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. The companies that are creating their own tokens are very, very interested in um, credibility because that's what makes them seem, you know, valuable to, to not only just the investors, but also to the general market that's that's going to be investing into their startup in the future. So I've worked with a few startups, uh, or sorry, ICO startups, and um, and that's primarily have been my target, you know, as far as fulfilling PR for them. And then for the coaching side, you know, I've realized, I've come to realize, like, there's just, there's just too many people that need PR. There are too many people out there that are building a personal brand, you know, that have... Um, that have done the work, that are, that are willing to put in the work, they're they're doing willing to do everything they can, um, but they don't have the expertise and they don't have the money to be able to afford it because you know like PR is expensive. You get a placement in like let's just say Bloomberg, it costs you ten ten thousand dollars just for a mention in Bloomberg. Um, right. So right. I've just really hit that market. People that are that are really need it. That are willing to do it but don't don't can't afford me are the people that I'm gonna be coaching now. The other yeah. thing is that the other side of it is that people enjoy writing. Plenty of entrepreneurs are starting to realize like when they start writing and educating their audience, just like you're doing with this podcast, mm -hmm. people start listening. You know, people start listening when you have something to share that's valuable to to their business, to their lives, and somehow making that better. And one of the best ways you can really get your message and get people to actually perk their ears is if you write for big name publications like Forbes, like Inc, 
Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, and these kind of you know platforms, there's a large audience base and your voice tends to get carried a lot further if it appears on one of these platforms a lot of times than, it, than if it does you know, on your own blog or on a social media status. So I'm also coaching people how to become a contributor to these big name publications. Gotcha. So those are the two two types of people that I'm targeting. It's gotcha. beautiful. You uh, recognize the opportunity uh, within your own business, and in some instead of someone else maybe disrupting your business, you created another way to work with those um, that you know need coaching and and some PR because they like doing it and. You know, you get a chance to uh, to you know spread um, your genius in into them, and and it's always fulfilling when you see results of what you do, especially as a coach um, or a consultant, because you know that's your value. And you know, we all know when you get other people successful, that's when you know you have a larger uh, megaphone, and you have that opportunity then. Uh, you know, not to do so much um, grinding, let's call it, at the beginning to get clients, they actually start to come to you. And that's the beauty about, you know, these types of uh, environments. And, and, you know, certainly Alan and I are consultants. You know, we understand that. And, you know, we work with people and seeing, you know, there's a thrill that actually happens when you see someone succeed. And that's what we get, a, you know, a, 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 the vibration or the frequency from as well. So it ends up uh, just, you know, propelling and, you know, you build relationships that way by providing value. And, uh, you, you know, you mentioned all that. So I, I love the pivot. I love you recognize there was an opportunity within your business that you uh, already had uh, a contingency of people uh, that were, you know, paying you. But then there's a whole other, you know, uh, a bunch of people that either following you and, you know, your engagement with them recognized. I would imagine that's how you started to see that come together. Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's, it really does come down to lots of relationship building and being able to invest in those relationships, you know, more right. than just over the over the internet, but but personalizing as much as you can. Sure. Yeah, that makes it time. Important. Yeah, it it just takes time in the game. Raffi, I'm gonna go back a little bit to um, your your ICO and your uh, your startup and and giving them a voice and so forth and. I know a lot of the, uh, we have some friends and, and some partnerships in, in this space right now. And <clears throat> a lot of the challenges they have are raising capital, raising back office capital to make this work. What's some of the uh, coaching, consulting, guiding principles or direction that you give uh, some of your clients when, when they're talking about how do they in fact get capital? What's the best way to do that as far as uh, how it uh, collaborates with their mission, their vision, their statement, and where is that available? What kind of collaborative uh, tool sets do you work with your clients on when they need to really be able to grab that uh, grab that funding from back office? To be quite honest, I'm not I'm not really that knowledgeable on how ICOs raise capital. I don't really consult them on that part. What I do consult them on is how they can use how they can leverage PR. To, to make themselves more credible in that in that space. So talking about how to leverage PR to you know create a buzz around the ICO. Talking, talking, teaching, right. educating them on how to run Facebook ads and and using the PR and the buzz you know the the, the 
dimensions and the, and the features as a way to validate some of the things that they're doing. That's the kind of stuff that I can coach them on and I do. Uh, but as far as the specifics of the fundraising, I really, not really that sure, to be honest with you. Right. So you're doing the attraction marketing, yeah. you know, to what's going on in that, you know, particular ICO or, you know, uh, environment with your, uh, with your clients. You're just getting a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. Yep. So an ex example might be that they get featured, let's just say, on Reuters, which is the one that we recently got an ICO into. They would then screenshot that and use that as a creative to run their Facebook ads down to, gotcha. you know, their funnel they're creating. Or gotcha. they would directly send Facebook ads to that, um, to that particular feature <laughs> and then target them, you know, target their target audience on social and then, um, you know, end up just, just sending the traffic straight to that publication, honestly. Some, some ICOs just want, like I said, they just want to reach their target market and they don't, want to create some sort of buzz around it you know and uh some people gotcha. obviously you know sometimes just email out to their potential client base audience base and share the articles share what they've been featured in they use it on their pitch deck as seen on they use it on their website and so it adds credibility and validates some of the things that they're doing gotcha um to to go a little further on that, if I don't mind jumping in, uh, one golden nugget that's simple to execute that you would tell anybody, you know, that wanted to use PR to their advantage. What would that, you know, one thing that you can share with the audience that if they just did this, they would start seeing, uh, you know, uh, maybe a few more eyeballs looking at them. It's like you mentioned, you guys mentioned earlier, PR is really all about connections, how large is, is your network, and how good you are at building relationships. So one of the things that I teach, you know, especially for, this is true for people that are interested in becoming a contributor to a big publication and doing PR in that kind of way, <coughs> is you need to constantly be reaching out to journalists and editors and building relationships with these people. And you'd be surprised how many people don't understand what it means to build relationships online. It doesn't mean like messaging them and saying, hey, my name is John Smith. What do you do? You know, it's more like suddenly reaching, reaching out to them on Twitter and hashtagging or tagging them in one of the re recent articles that they published on that publication saying, hey, John, I love this particular article that you wrote. It's got some amazing information that I can relate to. In particular, I love this section of it. Amazing article. Keep up the great work. Two weeks later, hey, John, emailing you to let you know, I love your seven tips to blah, 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 blah. Amazing piece. I noticed that you mentioned this, 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 and this, but you forgot to mention that. I was just curious. Is there any particular reason why you didn't mention that part of it? Then a couple of weeks later, again, you reach out. And, you know, this time maybe you add them on LinkedIn or Facebook and some social media and say, hey, John, I noticed that you wrote this article this time. I love this piece as well. I was just curious, what made you want to write this, 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 and this, and this, and this? Could you tell me a little bit more? Because I was really intrigued by this article. Fourth time you reach out, hey, John, I love, still love reading your pieces. This, you've been creating some amazing work. I noticed you published that. You didn't write this particular thing. So I actually took your article, and I kind of added that part in because I think it makes it a little bit <coughs> more, makes it easier to read, and, and it kind of adds more value to it. Would you consider to see if, if you know, do you, do you like my changes? 
see where I'm going with this? Uh, you, you're slowly and, and steadily, you're reaching out to the same person over and over and over again, and you're, you're providing them value, and you're giving them applause without asking for anything in return. Mm-hmm. And in exchange, what you're doing ultimately is you're letting that person know that, hey, I really enjoy what you do. I follow your work online. And I would like to build a relationship with you that somebody else out there isn't doing. Everybody else is just hitting you with pitches. However, I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just trying to get to know you better so you can notice me among the hundreds of, you know, hundreds of people that reach out to you on a daily basis. That's kind of how relationships are built is that you do a bunch of stuff for them uh, without asking for anything, you know, in return. And eventually over time, you convince them that it's worth their time to invest in you as well. And that's really when relationships online start to start to form. Sure. Then they get on a phone call with you. Then they get on a video call with you. Next thing you know, you guys are doing business together. And then eventually you guys end up meeting up and you do more business together. So, you know, that's kind of how, how it goes. And these are the type of things that I try to teach people is a psychology behind building relationships online that are actually long-lasting and not just kind of shallow relationships that a lot of people are building today. Curiosity with repetition. I love it. Yep. You've got an opportunity to be able to continue the conversation with people. A lot of times they don't do that. It's a one and done a lot of times. And, uh, and it's, you know, following people on different platforms. You know, there's not one particular platform that's good for everybody. But it's understanding where their audience is and understanding uh, the the message and the voice and the conversation and where does that go and it's following you know following the 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 energy if you will and you've been really good at doing that and it sounds like that's a a message and a mission that you pass on to your clients and so forth so that they so that they can continue on that relationship because it is all about giving it is all about contributing. And, you know, it's not a selfish thing that I'm doing this because I want to get something in return. It's just a, it's a general process of adding value. And when you add value, you, you get value in return. And so so kudos for doing that. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, continuing the conversation. We're talking about public artifacts. And part of the public artifacts in our, is our stories and our interviews and so forth. But it's also about our website and it's all, or a landing page or whatever somebody wants to call their home page. And uh, you know what needs to go on there, and you know what kind of a uh, kind of character are you showing? What kind of DNA are you expressing to the to the, to your audience? And can they go on that, and they can they really see exactly what it is, and and you know what it is that you do? But you've got something that you that you've uh, produced that talks about the, the ten mistakes to avoid when doing you know website or a landing page can you go over some of that with us maybe kind of highlight some of the things that people really should try to avoid and not do when they're putting themselves together and out there to the world yes so i just put out a video called 17 landing page optimization tactics for 2018 and i'll just go over some of those that i shared some big ones that have come out to me at least uh number one the most common mistake that I see people making on landing pages is that there is not one direct call to action. They've got too many calls to action. They have too many things going on at the same time. The idea of landing pages is that you have to keep it super, super simple because you have basically two to four seconds and realistically that number is more like two and a half seconds basically to be able to convince someone that they didn't land on the wrong page. 
And if you do that with tons of messaging, especially the stuff that you put above the fold, which is then you know the stuff that they would see above the screen without having to scroll down, mm-hmm. the more you tend and tend to end up confusing your your audience. So keep it really clean. Have just one message, and make sure that your mm-hmm. call to action button mm-hmm. is above the fold, so people can know you know without having to scroll down exactly what you're trying to get them to do. So just think about like how <coughs> impatient people are. Just keeping that in mind, the fact that you have two seconds to explain to them what, who, who you are, what you do, that they are the correct page for what they were looking for, and what you want them to do on that page is really, really crucial. Um, another thing that I've noticed about landing pages is that um, people like using color is, is pretty crucial. If you have, you know, a certain brand and you build a page around that brand, you want to stay, in general, you want to stay consistent with your brand colors. But the call to action should almost always be a color that stands out from everything else on that page. So, again, you're drawing your attention directly to that call to action right away. That's really, really important. Something else that I learned, and this one took me a while to understand, is that you also basically have two seconds, two to four seconds, for you to instantly connect with your audience and make them realize their pain points. And that's what's gonna make them understand why they're there. So what that means is that when they read the headline of the, of the landing page, they should be able to read it and know, yes, that's me, that's exactly the problem that I have. You know, so it makes sense that to ask a question maybe. You know, are you tired of having sleepless nights? Or do you know what it takes to get into big name publications like Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah? Are you ready to quit your nine to five job so you can start, you know, working from home to achieve blah, 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 blah? You know, do you know what it takes? You know, do, do you know what it takes to keep your pets healthy and happy at home? You see, these are things that paint a picture and make people realize the pain point that they were looking to solve when they landed on that page. So the faster you can get them to realize that, that there is a problem, there is a question, there is a pain point that you're looking to solve, something that they want, you have, the more engaged you're gonna immediately make those people. And so if you can spark the curiosity in that two to four seconds, your bounce rates will immediately decrease. Gotcha, relatability. Yep, exactly. I love it. Exactly. So what's the link to that um, for our audience, Rafi? Uh, the 17-point landing page, um, it's actually a YouTube video, so they can just go to my YouTube channel. Okay. To be honest with you, Alan, I, I actually forgot the, the URL of my YouTube channel. I think it's youtube.com slash user slash Rafi Chowdhury. But I could okay. be wrong. <laughs> it's on my YouTube. We'll, uh, we'll provide the link uh, inside the uh, show notes. And, you know, this show goes really quick, as as we all know, it, like a snap and it's done. And uh, But, you know, I think that there was definitely some really great points to pull from this. And, you know, it always ends up being a great show uh, for our audience to have, you know, resources, tools, and 
one of the things I know um, for sure, Rafi, is, you know, if you're doing coaching and consulting on PR, you know, we definitely have an audience that would be interested as well as probably in terms of your, um, you know, other side of your business doing it for them. Uh, so how do they get a hold of you? Where, uh, where's the best place to go? <laughs> I'm on most social media platforms, so they can just hit me up there on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. My email is rafi at rafichowdhury.com, and that's spelled R-A-F-I at R-A-F-I-C-H-O-W-D-H-U-R-Y.com. That's fantastic. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. As you know, to the audience, we always love uh, when you tune in, and certainly uh, you can catch us on what, Twitter? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, we're on <laughs> well, Twitter. Well, you can catch us on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on Twitter. We're on we're on Instagram, of course, Facebook. Right. And what I was really gonna say, and you know this, Alan, it's Stitcher, Podomatic, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and of course we're featured on C Suite Radio. So come check us out there and they can get a hold of us anytime, right, Alan? Because Absolutely. we have people watch an email and that is info at thinkboldbold.com. And um, we really appreciate you coming on, Rafi. It's always good to connect with uh, past guests and obviously seeing you grow and what you're doing and offering up some, some things to help people is wonderful. And, and uh, we obviously you know, want continued success for you and we look forward to uh, staying in connection. Um, and on that, Alan, you know, here we are, brother. What do, what do we do next? I'll tell you. You know, Sign um, off. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Sign, Sign off. off. <laughs> well, I think I think Rafi's got one more thing in his in his cache. Oh, well, there we go. Audience, yeah, sure. I, I, sure. I so. Let's hey, do it. Rafi, yeah, I'm sure. Be something that you've already talked about. But what what's one really good nugget that you could leave? Something simple that that the guest, the audience could could institute as soon as they get off this podcast, as soon as they finish listening, what's the one thing that they could do right now to move that needle, to find that slight edge in what they're currently engaged in? One of the best things that you can do to move the needle is pick up the phone and call the person that you're working with <laughs> or, the people, or the needle that you're trying to move. <laughs> and, and it's so funny Music because to my online ears. people... People don't do that. I, I find it so surprising they don't do that. that they're so camera shy. They're yeah. so shy to pick up the phone and give a call and get things done. Yeah, you, you know, you, you know, I truly believe that's the real social world. Yeah. Um, is actually engaging and talking to people, and you know, that's why we love having a show like this, talking to our guests, because you know, you could just be um, like we were just hanging out, having a coffee or a fireside chat and it's fun. But I agree with you. We just had, you know, a meeting and, and we talked about phones. What's the fastest way you can, you know, really get things moving is to get yourself, you know, engaged with someone on the other line and, you know, having that discussion and uh, setting up a meeting maybe in a face-to-face -face or a video conference if you're, you know, they're, they're, they're far around the world or whatever it may be. So that's uh, music to my ears. Alan, what do you think? That's fantastic. We just, it, it's funny how the universe works. We just talked about that before we right. jumped on the podcast. And it's been yeah. a topic of discussion uh, for us today, mm -hmm. but also for our mastermind. It was a big deal, a big point of contention for people for just sure. to pick up the phone and just to initiate the, you know, initiate the uh, action. Hearing somebody's voice on the other end of the phone, there's no substitute for that. It takes time, it takes effort, it's a little bit of a risk, but not really. 
So kudos, Rafi. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing that. Chris, I'll tell you, this goes by fast. It's a joy, a pleasure doing this podcast with you. Um, I love it. Shout out to uh, to everybody that's in the audience that's listening. Uh, we much appreciate uh, everything that you do. Check out C-Suite Radio, too, because they've got a lot of other great podcasts on that platform that uh, that might resonate with uh, with where sure. you're at and what you're doing. They're a great group of people. Reach out. Have a listen. I know they'd appreciate it. Chris, back at you, buddy. Take us home. You got it, Rafi. Thank you. Alan, Chris, thank you guys so much for having me back. Truly enjoyed it. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And we'll be in contact with Rafi again. Thank you to the audience for tuning in. We always appreciate it. It wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.